the racing game, it's all about the ups and the downs. It can be a roller coaster for so many in the industry. And Josh Cartwright knows all about that. Five years ago, he was ousted for a reckless riding charge and uh, missed 18 months of riding. He returned to race riding only to give it away for two and a half years. And he returned six weeks ago to the saddle. And yesterday at Warnable, he got his first winner. Cartwright's tried to say goodbye to the rest of them here. 300 to go. Wishlaw Lass accelerated about three in front of Shocking Habit, Osvardia, and then followed by Spiritual Thinker and Superior Sam was next. But Wishlaw Lass has opened up a big space in them. Five or six lengths. Wins impressively on debut. Finally, Josh Cartwright has his comeback winner. Yeah, and he made it look pretty easy too aboard Wishlaw Lass for Simon Wild and Josh Cartwright joins us on Big V Racing now. Uh, good morning to you, Josh. Thanks for your time. Uh, I bet as you crossed the line yesterday, it felt pretty good. Yeah, bloody oath, matey. Uh, thanks for having me on. Just just talk us through after the race yesterday. Was it relief or, you know, jubilation? How did you feel? I trust the process. I just make sure that I'm training well, I'm eating well and, um, you know, getting trying to get on the right horses. I'm managing myself, which... It's sort of proving to have a few little difficulties, but at the same time, it allows me to sort of pick and choose where I'd want to go. So I wasn't—I wouldn't say I was relieved. I was just grateful to be back in the winner's circle, especially in the Simon Wild colours. You know, I rode my last winner in them in March of 2020, and then you know to do it back at Warrnambool in 2022 was fantastic. Josh, you've been through more than most in, in the sport, and you're only 28 years of age. You're, you're still a, a young man. Um, do you feel like you're a, a, a fair bit more mature than 28 because of what you've had to go through over the last few years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not many 21-year-olds take on a million dollars worth of debt and have, you know, 30-odd racehorses in work. So I, I would definitely say mm. so. I've, I've, I've had a couple of businesses, and um, at the age of 28, yeah, I've sort of, certainly taken a few decent risks and and um gone out obviously when i was apprentice uh, when i was um with chris waller i actually did a diploma in business and all those and uh and also looking at doing some more courses now so i've certainly tried to you know up my knowledge i mean what happened five years ago has been well documented you you came out in the media straight away after the incident and you put your hand up and i think a lot of people um respected you for the way that you handled yourself after that incident at Morfordville, but a lot's happened in those five years. You came back to riding, um, and you were riding well, but then you gave it away. You, you didn't actually ride in a competitive race for, for two years. What what actually caused you to, to give it away for that period of time? had a really bad post-concussion from a barrier incident in Geelong, and I tried to race ride about two weeks later. And um, in that two weeks, that I was sort of out with the post-concussion. I, um, I remember going out, I, I spent a week up hiking in the, in the snowy mountains because I had this ringing in my ears and I thought I, I'll go hiking for a week and keep my weight down and keep away from bright lights in the city and things like that. And, um, yeah, I, it, it never come good basically for, for six months. I couldn't ride a horse for six months after I realised how bad the post-concussion was. So I went to Warrnambool for one race meeting and like I felt like I was going to throw up. And uh, I didn't feel right on a horse for at least 18 months after that. I kept riding track work and things, but I'd, I'd turn around or something like that, and I just didn't feel 100%. And then I found out that, yeah, obviously the post-concussion had knocked me around quite a bit. Um, spent two years, obviously, working for Chris Waller and eating healthy and 
trying to just get myself right again. And then obviously COVID struck pretty hard up in Sydney and we're, that allowed us to ride trials. And uh, I was riding a number of trials there, probably over 100 trials at that time on very talented horses. And, you know, it sort of felt like I, I felt decent on a horse again. And I knew that I always had that in, my, in the back of my mind that I could come back. And I was really disappointed that, you know, I sort of got struck down. I was only, you know, six months back into race riding and then I'm, I'm then I'm out again and I never really got any chance to hit my straps. And, you know, I think it was January I rode 11 winners and the December I rode nine. So I was going well enough. I, I just never got the chance to sort of hit my full straps. And um, after I decided to, you know, not want to, chase the dream of being a racehorse trainer due to the fact that, you know, I'm the only one bar my sister that's got racing in our blood and, um, you know, I, I don't think it'd be a great idea to, to be a racehorse trainer. You don't have a whole lot of a life and um, Chris got that across to my mind pretty well and it made me think that I've dedicated a lot of my younger years to sitting in saunas and dieting hard from the age of 16 and there's no need to be punishing myself as a racehorse trainer. It's um yeah you you coming across as a very wise young man, Josh. I, I, just t- talk to me a little bit more about the the concussion. I know this is something that we have a greater awareness around now, especially with you know we see footballers these days spending a lot longer out when they actually suffer concussions, and unfortunately for some players, they it can end their careers. Um, how difficult was that to actually get on top of? Because was it was it one of those things where you you didn't actually know what was going on? It was very difficult to put a finger on it. Yeah, I thought like maybe I went and got blood tests and things like that because I was a picture of health at the time, mm. and like I just noticed my whole body was just—I just felt terrible uh, every day, and like it was like just sort of like having just a massive hangover, or you know, I just felt terrible. So um, it was terribly hard to get a hold of. I remember December 2020 when I was living in Sydney, uh, I went to like a I used to do a lot of mixed martial arts and I went to like a jiu-jitsu class and I was going good and I half got thrown into the ground and then I had like a week of just post-concussion again just from that and like just from the momentum of getting thrown and then um, yeah obviously I just had to chill out take it easy and then come back again but yeah it's more it's more about giving like to anyone out there who gets a concussion you've got to take your time I know you probably want to get back on horses or get back on the footy field. It's something that just needs so much time because I reckon I'd had a small concussion at the trials. I'd had one bury me on the way to the gates. And then I got done a few days later again, and I reckon that's why it was such a bad bad hit. Yeah. Did it, didn't your confidence in actually getting back on a horse, or did you always have that belief that that's what you wanted to do, you wanted to ride horses? Well, you don't really, yeah, like it didn't knock my confidence around. I just knew that my balance wasn't where it needed to be. And it, that's what sort of knocked me around more than anything. You're not relying on your seat as much and you sort of just, you know you're not riding well because you you can't balance as well. And like a lot of my biggest attributes were being able to ride young horses and be well balanced and things like that. So I'd lost a lot of what was good. So that's why I was just like, there's no point in going back until I'm 100%. I'm heavy and I just probably need to go away and learn more about racing and horses and try and just get myself right again. So throughout that period where you you couldn't ride in races, you, you mentioned that you went up to, to Chris Wallers and you worked for Chris. Tell us a little bit more a little bit more about that experience working for Chris Waller. 
Oh, look, um, Chris is fantastic mentor for myself. Um, look, I, as much as you know, I, I grew up with a with a mum and a dad, which I was grateful to do. I didn't really have a whole lot of mentors in my life, um, so it was good to look up to someone like Chris Waller because he's a he's a great family man. Um, he tries to prioritise his family over most things, and um, it was great to see that. And then, obviously, he sort of took me under his wing a little bit and always gave me a little bit of advice. And then the other great thing was being able to ride horses at track work daily, like home affairs and. I rode very elegant a handful of times and just many great horses. Salino, he was a Sydney Cup winner and um, it gave me a good bit of insight as to what a really good Group 1 horse is and, um, geez, I'd like to get on one of them in a race. I was going to ask, did did that in a way almost keep the fire in the belly burning, being given those opportunities to actually sit on the back of some of Australia's very best horses? I know you've ridden good horses before right around around the country, but... Chris, uh, there's not too many trainers that have the, the, the luxury of talent that Chris has at his disposal. Did that keep the fire in the belly burning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you go out on a, on the course proper um, Everest week on a horse like Home Affairs and get to sort of let him burn up, it's, it's a pretty good feeling because mm. you, you know how much more horse there is underneath you. And the difference is, is you sort of start letting them slide from the 500 and there, there's just so much more horse there. And usually... Most horses are coming to the end of their run, and here you are around 400 metres past the post trying to pull the horse up. So, yeah, it's a pretty good feeling. And same when you trial good horses. You know, it's, there's just so much horse there underneath you, and you think, geez, the, the world's this horse's oyster. You've been back riding competitively for the last six weeks or so now, and obviously we touched on the, the win yesterday and, and how good that would have felt. Um, How's it been just over the last six weeks being back in the saddle, back in the groove of, of riding day-to-day as a professional jockey? Yeah, it's been fantastic. I, I, there's two things that I really enjoy, and that's like, I do love all animals, especially horses. But, um, you know, obviously growing up as a young boy, um, my mum ran a sanctuary, and, I, you know, I, I have a great love for nature and animals. And then I also love being fit and athletic. So it works very well for me to be a jockey because... I love getting up of a morning that I'm not riding track work, going for a swim down the, to the pool with my partner and, and then going out for a run and things like that. So that works well. Those are two things that I enjoy and um, that's two things that are probably required as a jockey is fitness and some sort of um, horse horse skills. Where are you based at the moment, Josh? I'm living down in Geelong. Um, it's a great area because it's about an hour closer to Warrnambool and, and Ballarat than, than what you would be if you are coming out of Melbourne. So... Geelong was a pretty easy uh, option and you've got the luxury of heading down to Torquay for a run or go out for a swim once the weather gets a bit warmer. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lovely area. You'll be able to get on the surfboard and head down to Bells shortly. Uh, that'll be happening on Sunday. I've got oh. Sunday off, so that'll, that'll definitely be happening with 27 degrees this Sunday. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I notice you've been doing a lot of riding for, for Simon Wilde as well. Has he been one of your biggest supporters since you've returned? Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously, it was riding most of his horses before I was out and then um, when I was out he, he got me to run his stable uh, at Ballarat and I, I thoroughly enjoyed working closely with him for that six months but the, the reason I went to uh, to Wallace was just to further my knowledge and just get to see how an elite stable would do things just in case I ever wanted to train horses or or even just seeing what attributes a, a top line group one horse has because they're hard to come by and 
you know, if you see so many good types of horses that are Group 1 horses, you, you can sort of build a bit of a map in your brain. Josh, I know that there's a lot of jockeys out there, even trainers and other participants that have their ups and downs in the sport and um, it can be quite a consuming sport to be in racing and, um, you know, at times it can be very difficult. Do you feel like you're someone that people can, can reach out to because of the experiences that you've had and, um, you know, be, be a, be someone that they can be, you know, you can be a sounding board for? Well, absolutely. But the most important thing with racing is, and, um, I was, I was sort of very in between. Like I said, I, I wasn't brought up in racing. I sort of found my way into it at 15 through breaking in. Um, but the most important thing is people don't get carried away with with the game, I guess, because, you know, it's one day it'll be there, the next day it won't. Mm. So you need friends outside of racing and you need to have a plan outside of racing as well because, like I said, it's it's not the be-all to end-all and it can consume you. And it's really important that you have both things because after I had my concussion, all I had was sort of racing. And, you know, now I look back and I think, yeah, I've, sort of got things together with I've got a partner who's not in racing I've got a few other friends and I'm not saying that they do or don't have to be in racing you've just got to have some sort of clear space outside of work otherwise you're just crossing over all the time and it, and it, and it can overwhelm you quite, quite badly and if you ever do need to go away or spend some time away you need those friends there um, that, that aren't in it or that don't care about it to, um, to support you it's a great point, and I love your outlook on things. Josh Cartwright's on the line. He's the comeback kid who rode a winner at Warnable yesterday. Wishlaw last for Simon Wild, who was a very impressive winner on debut, and there was a little bit of mail going around in the studio earlier in the day for that horse, so unfortunately uh, we weren't able to get on, but uh, for Josh it was a great day yesterday at the Bull. Um, Josh, I just want to ask you one more question about your concussion. Does it affect you now at all, or are you you're fully over that? Fully over it. Um... Yeah, like I wouldn't be back unless I knew I was fully over it. Uh, that's for sure. I, I, um, you know, I've probably been fully over it for about 12 months now. I went to Hong Kong this year, uh, took some horses over for the breeze up for the jockey club. And, um, that required us to, on the final day before the horses were auctioned to breeze those horses up the Sha Tin straight for 600 meters. And Sam Payne was the other rider that came over with me. And, you know, I'd, I, I knew I rode those horses top hole and, you know, they were young horses and I felt a million dollars on them and I thought, yeah, I'm ready to come back. So when I got home from Hong Kong, I basically made inroads to come back race riding. Josh, what would a 28-year-old version of yourself say to a 20-year-old version? Uh, probably take your time. Uh, don't rush things. Don't push things. Uh, I've always been someone who just wants success wants to win um and just wants to achieve things greater than i'm probably ready for um yeah take my time would be the biggest piece of advice because i've always been one to try and knock down walls which is being a good attribute to have but you need things to fall back on and it's good to take your time and how have the other jockeys been since you've returned josh have you felt like you've had great support from your fellow competitors Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously, we're out there to compete against each other. We're competing against each other for rides. But, look, um, if you show respect, you're given respect back. And that's like any sports room. doesn't matter whether you're a runner, a boxer, or, or a jockey. You, if you show respect to your opponent, you're going to get respect back. Well, I'm sure you're earning a lot of respect at the moment, mate, with the way that you're going about things. And 
Uh, you'll head to Cranbourne tonight. You've got a couple of rides on the program for Nick Harnett and also Ray Basanko, and then you've got one at Mornington on Tuesday for Nick as well. Have you got a winner for the listeners? Oh, look, I don't mind this Tootsie C in the first at Cranbourne tonight. Look, definitely has to improve again to, to win, but the, look, the race doesn't have a whole lot of depth to it, and this horse has just kept improving pretty well. So I would say he'd be my best ride. Um, Seafield Road's a nice horse. He'll be running later on in the program, but he, he might just need one more run before he really hits his strap. So I gave him a jump out on Monday morning, and I thought, you know, he's nearly there, but he just probably needs this run, and then he'll be one for next start. All right, Chuchi C tonight. We might have something each way at the $21 on offer with the tab as we speak. Uh, Josh, really appreciate your time on Big V Racing this morning and this afternoon opening up, and well done yesterday on the winner at Warnable. I'm sure it's the first of many to come, mate. Well done. Thanks for having me on, Matty. I appreciate it, mate. Josh Cartwright joining us there. Uh,